0: Secrets of the Sire. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of Secrets of the Sire. We talk comics, movies, TV, and pop culture every Wednesday night, 8 p.m. Eastern, on the Sire Studios digital network. That is SecretsOfTheSire.com, YouTube.com, slash SecretsOfTheSire, Facebook.com, slash SecretsOfTheSire, Twitch.tv, slash SecretsOfTheSire. You get the gist at this point. Tonight's episode, Stranger Things 3, the super spoiler review with the great Emma Loggins of Fanbolt. (laughs) And as always, I'm joined by my co-host extraordinaire, Mr. Hassan Godwin, the lord of the radio himself. Hassan, how are you doing today?
1: I'm great. Everything is fantastic. Life is good.
0: Life is what? That's not your normal intro. I know. Uh,
1: You told me last week to to, to lie and stop being truthful. Uh, I actually feel so.
0: Yeah, this is good. good. Everything is is excellent. Excellent. And uh, Emma, how are you doing?
2: I'm doing good, doing good, getting ready to head out to Comic-Con here in like 36 hours, so it's all
0: yeah. good. <laughs> I, will, uh, I will meet you down there in a few days as well, too. I will be down there from Thursday to Saturday. We'll do a little uh, talk on Comic-Con a little bit later in the show, um, but to start, we are talking Stranger Things 3. This is our super spoiler review, so if you haven't seen Stranger Things 3 by this point, keep watching us anyway, just put us on mute. Give us clicks and likes and subscribe to our YouTube channel because we really appreciate it if you do. Um, but we're going to be doing some spoiler stuff, so let's get rolling right off the bat. Before we do, Emma, tell everyone out there uh, who you are and what you do.
2: Well, I run a site called Fanbolt.com. I started it 17 years ago, which is insane. Um, You're 17 years old too, all- which is
0: which is the crazy part as well too. So you were like you were like in the womb when you started it. <laughs>
2: I was. I was. I was very young. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, no, I started writing about kind of all things geek culture when I started this site, actually, my senior year of high school. And wow. uh, all things geek culture just kind of kept going with it. It was before the days of social media. Didn't really know what I was doing, but knew I was going to school for web design and multimedia um, and kind of used spambles as a bunch of my projects and then got tied in with movie studios and television networks um, because what I was doing was gaining some traction and then really there was just an explosion of like convention culture and you know geek culture became more mainstream and there was just so many more opportunities that I was able to work with in that space and You know, here we are, 2019, still running the site, still writing about it, still doing cool conventions and loving it.
0: And now you're a guest on our show. See? It it all goes full circle.
2: Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) All
0: right. Uh, Reason we wanted to have you on, besides the fact that you're an awesome person, is you're a huge Stranger Things 3 fan. Um, We... Just wrapped up watching as well, too. I want to get your quick 30-second take on it, and then I want to see what Hassan's 30-second take is. And I want to see if it all lines up with what I think everyone's take on this season is. What's your 30-second take on Stranger Things 3?
2: You mean my theory and what I think happened at
0: the end? No, 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 no. Good the bad. Give
2: give
0: Give me your good the bad and what you think of the season as a whole in 30 seconds or less.
2: Uh, I loved it. I think that it it held up to the previous two seasons. What's really been amazing to me is that the Dupper brothers have been able to create, you know, now three really solid seasons of the same show. And that's so rare to do. Usually the second season or the third season will there'll be a dramatic dip in quality and it just won't be as good of a story. Um, I, I felt like it was consistent and on par with the first two seasons. Um, the characters are, of course, a little bit older, so we're getting to see a different side of them. But it felt very true to each of the characters um, and the journeys that we've been on with them. I loved it. I have I have nothing bad to say about the third season other than I needed more than eight episodes. <laughs>
0: I'll tell you why you're wrong in a second, Hassan. Um,
1: <laughs> Yeah, there's a there's a slight problem because uh, I I didn't realize we were supposed to watch uh, Stranger Things, so I read Needful Things by Stephen oh, King, so and that's what I thought we were going to review. So um, prepared. I imagined that the show was good, so let's go with that. Was it was it was it
0: awesome? <laughs> oh, for God's sakes! This is the worst. Like, a you're a terrible actor, and B that was just that was horrible. Like, you you've done some really good stuff. That is not one of them. Because I know you saw it. Because I know we talked about it.
1: Don't embarrass me in front of our guests. Right, um, if I
0: can't embarrass you in front of our see. guests, when can I? <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. I really thought it was. I, it was awesome. I got a, I had a slight problem the first time I watched it where I thought that there was an actual depth in the writing quality. But it was just really strange. The second time I watched it, I didn't feel that way at all. I felt like I was watching the first time, maybe too critical an eye. Okay. Because uh, then I watched, I don't know, when I was, I had a crazy weekend because I wasn't, I haven't been feeling well too. So I watched the other two seasons in the process of doing, you know, because so I was in and out, I was working around the house. And so I, I had, a, so it actually is the, all the dialogue, all the the sequences and stuff. Are on par with the other two seasons, if not like uh, um, like was said improved. Um, So yeah, I thought it was a really solid season. I also thought it was a little too short, which is unique for a Netflix. Yeah, because. You know, the next Netflix always led la- those seasons always last way too long.
0: And that's the thing. That's that's the part I was gonna tell Emma she was wrong. I actually think eight episodes was the perfect amount of it was really nine if you count if you count that last you know, the last episode was kind of two parts essentially, it's an hour and a half long, so it wasn't as if it was you know, they didn't they didn't skimp out. And we complained so many times about Netflix shows running, you know, it's like, oh God, thirteen episodes. There's still Kim there's still Kim Bauer stuff happening. Uh, even in 13 episodes where, you know, that's our 24 reference. If, if you were, I don't know if you were a fan of 24 at all.
2: Uh, I am familiar. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. Kim Bauer getting chased by a cougar. There's always seems to be something. There was no fill in this. There was no, fi- like no filler in this whatsoever. Um, and that to me was. Yeah, a- but
1: I mean, I think it has a lot to do with, with the quality of the show in and of itself. It does. It's not, it's not that they cut, because some of these other shows shouldn't have lasted even eight seasons excuse me even eight episodes
0: sure
1: uh, some of the other netflix shows so if this had lasted maybe 10 episodes or 13 episodes i really wouldn't mind it i think i think it would have been fine um there wasn't there wasn't an episode eight a notorious episode eight like there was uh in season two Yeah. even though i'm one of the I, apparently one of three people in the united states of america who didn't mind that episode
0: mm-hmm. whatsoever but I found, uh, I found a few other folks that that didn't mind that either. I found. Yeah. Uh, it took it took a lot of it took a lot of like combing. It was like uh, in balls when they're combing uh, the Because you
1: know everybody's entitled whiny, you <laughs> so and so. That's the problem. But basically, um, I could have used maybe two more episodes. I would have been fine
0: with it. I, you know what? I wouldn't have not wanted it, but it just it it actually like I was watching that last episode, and it. I had to stop, and I did this on purpose when I started watching the show. I didn't see how many episodes there were. I didn't want to know. Um, I just I just dove into the first episode, as opposed to season two, which I didn't think was as good as season one or season three. I kept going back and be like, all right, how many episodes are left? Because there was a, there was a dip in season two for me, and it wasn't even just the aforementioned episode with all the other psychic kids. That that was one of those like things. I actually thought. It took about four episodes of season two to get going, and then the, the season eight episode with all the other psychic kids uh, really actually kind of like was, was jarring because I felt like they finally had momentum going by that point. Uh, there was never a dip in this. Every single thing that happens in this show, in this season in Stranger Things 3, has direct relevance to where the story is going. Uh, even little things, little things like having uh billy hitting on um, you know their mom mike's mom you know at first you're kind of thinking like oh they're they're kind of playing this up a little bit from what they what they kind of started in season two where there was this attraction so maybe there's gonna be this like subplot with them and 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 those subplots tend to kind of just they're just kind of there again it's kind of like filler but no it that puts him in position again this is spoilers for anybody who hasn't seen it puts him in position uh to to be possessed and and to and to become the big bad for the entire season um you know every single plot line you know worked to push the story forward too so i mean i, I eight episodes to me if they can be this nicely neat and compact i'm good with it i'm good with it i don't need i don't need i don't need it to be anything else than what it was so in that regard you're both wrong. I'm right as usual. It's just the way, just the way it goes. <laughs> All right. The big to-do on thing, though, was obviously the very end of the season, which which had a, a an MCU quality to it. Um, and it's these Stranger Things three theories that will change what you think about the American. So I find this article from Cosmo. They don't just write about uh, wonderful sex and fashion. <laughs> tips apparently they write about stranger things 3 now because it's it's such a, you know i actually saw an article that said jeff Be- jeff bezos tweeted out or, or instagrammed out that he watched uh the entire season in one day like that's like that's the level of phenomenon that the show has kind of taken over um but anyway that's cosmo most people
1: do this. netflix you know,
0: you know i know i, I watched it over a week i mean it took me about you know that
1: slacker, though, you know, you're not a, you know, you're not a committed watcher. <laughs> no,
0: Probably. I'm clearly, yeah, clearly. No, yeah. yeah,
1: yeah. Yeah. So then, you know, don't, don't, don't accuse anybody else of being phenomenal. You're, you're just weak.
0: Yeah. Understood.
1: Understood. Okay. Just yeah. checking.
0: Just, you know, <laughs> we just want to make Making sure,
1: that, yeah. sure we've had that established as we go forward.
0: All right. So at the end of Stranger Things, the summer edition, a post-credit scene. Took us way out of Hawkins. So obviously, <laughs> if we get to the last episode, uh, you know, Winona Ryder, you know, she, uh, Joyce she closes her eyes, she turns the keys, bam, Hopper's gone. We fast forward, you know, they're dealing with the death, they're dealing with uh, with the ramifications of everything that happened. Uh, you know, Will and, and everyone that they're, they're moving out of uh, out of Hawkins, uh, but then the post-credit it's scene. the
1: Byers family. The Byers family is moving yep.
0: out. Yep. Takes us to all the way to snowy Kamchatka, Kamchaka, Kam Kamchaka. That's really. How
1: would legit. you even try to do that with your with your track record? <laughs> Why would you even attempt that? Why didn't you just send that to me so I could just feed it for you? Well, what is it?
0: I, I don't know. I,
1: I'm not looking at it, but I oh. mean, if we could have set this up so that I could have just kind of bailed you out right there. But.
0: No, no, no. I like I like trying. I like falling flat on my face about, you know, if I can't, look, I can't <laughs> put for Emma's name. I mean, it's kind of, that's a neat name to uh And, and your name, I've, I've stopped paying attention to years ago. So, I mean, there's not, you know. Not don't worry. I
1: changed here. my name in six months, so it doesn't really matter.
0: All the way to Russia okay yes well done the (laughs) The russians have collected not only a a demogorgon of their own but an american citizen as well but who is the prisoner uh i'm sure you think you know but here are some theories now before we get into what the article thought emma you you are dying to to talk about the theories about who this is at the end what is your theory as to what happened at the end of stranger things 3.
2: Oh, I mean, I still think it's Hopper. <laughs> I don't think that there's anything that you can tell me right now that's, I mean, granted, I haven't dove into these other series yet. Yeah. Um, so we'll, we'll see how convincing they are, but I still think it's Hopper. And I also think what's kind of interesting was Hopper's placement. If mm-hmm. you lo- remember back to the first episode of season three, um, all of the guys that got kind of annihilated um, by by the light or the, the electricity or whatever you want to call it. Sure. Um, they were all standing in like in a different place than where Hopper was staying. Mm-hmm. Hopper was on the other side of the light, whereas yeah. the guys were on this side of the light. Yeah. So I think that the placement in where he was standing is why he went, he went through, mm-hmm. and he's in Russia. That's my theory.
0: Mm, all right. Hassan? Same theory. You're just you're giving me nothing tonight. You got nothing for me. It's the same theory. I mean, I I think it's Hopper. I mean, it could be someone else, but who else? Who else in?
1: The, well, what are the? What are the conspiracy theories, though? All
0: right, so like, Hopper's the obvious one, and I and right. I agree with all you guys. I don't see how it's not. But there's a couple that's actually pretty interesting too, uh, because here's the thing: Hopper might be. In the upside down world, he might not be in Russia, though. See, if the theory that right. Hopper was pulled into the upside down is correct, then how would he have been captured by the Russians? Uh, so he
1: through their portal,
0: right? We're just all assuming that he got went through there. Uh, fan theory number one: Doctor Brenner. You may know. No, Dr. but I mean,
1: there's a there's a portal in Russia as well. Right. So he probably went through ours and in, and then through theirs, and that's how they caught him.
0: Well, that's, that's the obvious answer, but I'm going to assume that the level of writing that we've seen in this show, that they're not going to just give us the obvious answer. I actually think it could be one of these other folks, which is one is Dr. Brenner. You may know Dr. Brenner, Matthew Modine, as Eleven's evil, evil dad, though it seemed unlikely he could have survived the Demogorgon attack in season one. We never saw the body or an actual kill in Stranger Things land. That pretty much means he's alive. Sure enough, I would say that if we were going to kill Brenner, as an audience member watching the show, if that was... <coughs> death that would be very unsatisfying to me uh, matt duffer told ign he would deserve much more than that as an ending so yes there's a possibility of seeing him again that's
1: a strong possibility
0: uh-huh
1: i would give that as a strong possibility
0: as in, a red herring in season two an ex-employee of renner's lab confirmed to 11 that papa is alive and out there somewhere russia perhaps that's fan theory number one fan number theory number two murray now that the two most popular theories are out of the way, which is it's Hopper and it's, and it's uh, Matthew Modine's character, what do you think about Murray, Brett Gelman? The man speaks the language, has believed Russians were after him since season two, and is probably the smartest person they could choose to interrogate. What if they found him between the explosion and the three-month time jump in the finale? Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. No. Nah. <laughs> they would have nah, found some way to announce that Murray
1: also disappeared that night.
0: That's a, spin-
1: if you're talking about good writing that's a cheat.
0: When that's, we go spinning your axe later, I'm going to I'm going to give you I'm going to divulge an easter egg you might have missed that may lend credence to this theory. The last theory is it's the other psychic kids. Everyone's the least favorite season 2 characters could be the very ones to unlock the mystery of season 4. According to a Reddit user at Skeleton Abbey, Hopper and Dr. Brenner are definitely dead. I doubt it, but let's hear them out. Even if they're alive, neither men can give the Russians what they ultimately want, a portal to the Upside Down. The Americans were only able to open a gate because of El's powers. We're shown at the beginning of Season 3 that the Russians can't open a gate over there, hence coming to Hawkins. So how do they have a live uh, Demogorgon if the gate is closed here again? They open their own gate, and the only way that they could do that is with one of the psychics. What do we think of that now?
1: Uh, That's invalid because... uh he says he or she, whoever that is, said that uh, that Hopper and uh, and the other doctor are dead for sure. And there's no such thing as for sure. And we didn't get a body. So, I mean, it's a little too rigid.
0: I, I would sit there and say to rule out that they're dead, obviously. I don't rule that they're dead. But that doesn't actually have any credence to this theory. I mean, doesn't, I
1: mean, Hopper, mean, it, it certainly doesn't have to be Hopper in Russia. Yeah. But I just don't think he's dead. I think I think if they were going to kill his character off you mm-hmm. would have seen him die um, because he was you know he's such an integral okay. part of the story okay. so if they just if he just vanishes that night and everyone assumes he's dead and then the next uh, the next uh, season four they they confirm he's dead with a piece of throwaway dialogue oh yeah he's really dead you know oh yeah we found his body it was sitting on a it was sitting in the upside down in a, in a lake you know that that would be really cheap. It's really cheap. A- Emma, would you be... Unless they're in negotiations with, uh, with David <laughs> Arbor. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well,
0: that Hellboy 2 sequel might get in the way. Yeah, maybe. maybe so. Any day now. <laughs> any day now. Emma, would you be disappointed if it was as obvious as we think it is?
2: No, I wouldn't. She just wants I mean, horror. I think the, the, psychic, the psychic kid theory would be interesting, but I feel like if you look at at them calling this person the American, it all uh, to me, there's no one else like that they would say that about. If it was a kid, they would say like the kid, mm-hmm. or they wouldn't say the American. The only person I could see them saying the American about would be Hopper.
0: Not even um, Murray? I could see Murray though. I
2: don't think they would, I don't think they would call, oh, them really the, Mar- call the American,
0: you call him the bald American.
1: <laughs> if, it's, if, it's, if it is Murray, then that kind of negates your, your comment that it was really well written. Because they didn't even give us a red herring on that. You know? So basically, they, drop the, they what that would mean is they dropped the character out of the plot line in order to set up a red herring about a completely different br- uh, character. And that's, that's what we used to refer to as really bad writing. And we just we just spent the entire first segment praising the writing in this. So I I honestly just don't
0: feel no no no. We're praising the Stranger Things three writing. We're we're praising the writing of that yes, and, season. Even yes, if... and
1: this is this is the end of Stranger Things three. So
0: right, right. Know... and it ended on a cliffhanger. So we're good. If it if it turns out that it's
1: that would be very bad writing for Stranger Things three. If they turn out if they if they did that at the end of Stranger Things three, that would kind of ruin the whole. This is a great writing streak that they're that you're
0: on. So finding out in Stranger Things four that this was a red herring would ruin Stranger Things three for you then. In terms of I of-
1: think if you find out that Murray was was one of the missing, mm-hmm. even though they never even mentioned him
0: mm-hmm.
1: as, as a missing person, yeah, even though he was an integral part of closing the, the the portal this particular time, yeah, I think that's really that that would be bad writing. That would be writing through omission. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No, I don't think they would do that. I think they've obviously proved they're clever enough to keep this going at least three years, so I don't well, think they're going to get weak that
0: way. This is some, you know, that's something about the season two, I'm glad you actually bring that up too, that I was really impressed with because I felt like season two, uh, they were stretching an idea that they kind of, you, you know, most, we talk about this all the time, right, with uh, with bands and, and their first album or their, or their you know, they, they pour everything into their first album and then it becomes a hit and then it's like the record companies are like, okay, now you got to make a second album and they're like, Okay, we'll kind of do what we did last time, and, and they kind of, you know, they're trying to capture the same magic in a sense. I, I kind of felt like season two was like that, though, where they didn't quite have, you know, the same kind of magic. I think this se- this series, to me, and this is going to sound weird, but for me, it actually makes sense because it's my favorite one. is a lot like Nightmare on Elm Street. I feel like the first Nightmare on Elm Street is unbelievably scary; It's an unbelievable great movie. Introduces a really cool villain. I thought two was kind of like more of the same. Uh, but not not necessarily in a good way. And then Dream Warriors is one of my is is actually my favorite Nightmare on Elm Street. I feel like Stranger Things three is the Dream Warriors of of this you know series. And I feel like that's a good thing. It's a good thing actually because they're taking a concept that they already had and kind of reinventing it a little bit and twisting it around a little bit. It it didn't feel like more of the same. It felt like they put a unique twist on it. So I don't know. I, that's that's my take on the on the season yeah. as a whole.
1: Yeah, I disagree with that, but, yeah, I understand how you feel.
0: Well, I, yeah, I, again, I know most people would not sit there and say, like, Dream Wars is their favorite Nightmare on Elm Street, but that was mine, and I felt like they were doing something kind of different with it, and so, to me, that would... Yeah, just, like I'm, I'm
1: just talking about a dip in the quality of uh, Season 2 versus Season 3, Uh-oh. and, you know, the, the talking about the pacing and, you know, needing things to be moving at a, uh, you know, at at breakneck speed in order for me to continue to stay interested. I don't really have those problems, you know, attention yeah. deficit or whatever, so... Who said that? Well, basically, <laughs> hey look a bird. Yeah. <laughs> so basically I didn't really have a I, I did think that the momentum was broken yeah. in episode eight. Even though I didn't mind the episode, I did I, I could understand why everybody thought the that the, the momentum I the purpose was of that. kinda
0: huh? I understand the purpose of that episode.
1: Yeah, but I and but I still enjoyed it. I didn't mind it. Um and I think, you know, the pacing thing. I think I think people would feel differently about that if they were watching it one episode at a time.
0: Yeah. Weekly. Yeah.
1: yeah. Everybody binged it. I mean, by the end of I mean it was record. By the end of the Fourth of July weekend, almost everyone had seen it. Yeah. Nothing. You know, they were talking about like people had just binged it before it. You know, except for you.
0: Yeah, because yeah, you're Jeff you, know, you, you have
1: no commitment. You know, that's, that's, <laughs> that's all right. That's all right. You know, you've got other qualities. I think. I you think.
0: Know. Well, we're looking for it. I can work the audio.
1: We'll find other qualities for <laughs> <when we're>...
0: you. <laughs> I can set up the video. They're really good
1: at, at, uh, at uh, name pronunciation, so <laughs> you know. <laughs> that's,
0: that's my best quality, actually, that's what everyone says. Emma, who's your MVP character for the year, for the season, for Stranger Things three? Who's your MVP of this season?
2: I know. Oh man,
0: <laughs> I gave you the. I mean, question.
2: I feel like it's it's always going to be Steve. For yep. me, every season. Everybody loves Steve. Hero this year. Stranger Things. <laughs> I bought a pillow at Target last weekend that says Steve on it and has his face <laughs> on it. So <laughs> I am a massive fan of Steve. Like, I just loved, I love his character. I don't have, like, a crust on the actor or anything. It's not like that. No, I no it's okay. It's
0: okay. The the son does. It's okay. It's okay. You could you admit
1: <laughs> it. Okay. I got no problem admitting that. <laughs> <laughs> It's, I wasn't it's, actually going to make a joke that I, I want someone to be as happy to see me as Steve was to see Dustin in episode 2.
0: My dad is even that happy to see me. That's, yeah, that's my
1: favorite that's actually my favorite scene of the entire third season is, is when Dustin shows up at the Scoops Ahoy uh, shop and Steve loses his mind. This is the Apparently fun. Steve has not had any friends to talk to no. for the over an entire month of the summer. <laughs> Since the dance, apparently, uh, from the end of season two. I'll tell you
2: what, Steve needs a happy ending at the end of season four. That's all I'm saying. That guy has, like, not had the best end of things here the last couple of seasons. He needs a happy ending if no one else... He
1: definitely got robbed.
0: Well, that's the funny thing, too, about his (laughs) character, right? Like, we're talking about a character that, to me, his whole story arc ended in season two to the point where I was kind of like... I almost thought they were going to kill him off, and it felt like... It would have been, a, it would have been like, a, like he was sacrificing himself to save Dustin. It felt like a good character arc. It felt like, you know, it made sense. And now, after season three, I'm actually really glad they didn't because he was, he was just, like, amazing, uh, you know, throughout. And he's, he's obviously the most likable, you know, Goonies-esque character, I think, out of all, the, uh, all, out of, all of them. Not my MVP, though. Uh, Hassan, who's your MVP? I'm Steve. Oh, really? She's just going to agree with our guest the whole time. <laughs> We just <laughs> felt bad she couldn't get her microphone working. Uh, yeah, virtual high five. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and I missed it too. I was like, all right, go for it.
0: Now Emma's, a big, <laughs> <fan of her laughs> a, Emma's a big fan of our show, so she knows this already. But everyone just gangs up on me,
1: so it's okay. <laughs> it's very easy. So you know, people people go for the low hanging fruit.
0: MVP for me. You can't spell America without E R I C A. Without Erica. She was.
1: To be honest with you, Erica drove me crazy. I disliked. I disliked her tremendously. Really? Um, Yeah. Up until kind of softened. She softened a little bit, but you know that I I don't like people think that sass is funny, and you know, and and you know, just just being outright rude to people, young kids being outright rude to people and insulting them is funny. I don't find that humorous. So, you know, and then I think they overdid it with her a lot. So that she's my least favorite character this season. Least
0: favorite to me. She was favorite. she was and the fact that she started out as kind of like a punchline as as kind of like a little, you know, like oh haha, yeah, she's the she's the bratty customer. And again, working her in and then the reveal obviously that that the reason she's so over the top is she's trying to kind of avoid uh, being a nerd essentially the entire time I felt like she was really she to me she lent so much to it out of nowhere and and also kind of like I don't know just gave another character for us to kind of enjoy someone who's been in the seasons before but you never saw them really they were there kind of as a you know as opposed to kind of like introducing a brand new character although they do that very well in this too with uh, with Ethan Hawke and uh, Uma Thurman's daughter uh, who was amazing, uh, you know, in in this as well too. Um, it was kind of cool to see her blossom, Erica blossom, as this character that we kind of just saw in, in little little you know bits and pieces of the previous two seasons to kind of kind of really play nah. such an impactful role. I was,
1: <laughs> I was all right without her.
0: you like meh, meh, meh. <laughs> you know what you're about. I know there's people.
1: Yeah. I, I you know what you can look at it as, uh, from another perspective. I would hang out with every one of the cast members. Like I would uh, – the characters, not the cast members. I don't know them personally, but I know the characters. I would yeah. hang out with each and every one of these characters, and I would not hang out with Erica. <laughs> I, was, I, was, I would literally stay away from Erica. She would drive me crazy. I'd be like, no, you cannot come into the clubhouse. What's your, you
0: know? what's your, what's your home run scene? Home run scene. Hassan, we'll start with you. We'll give, we'll give him a time to process. What, define a home run scene. I don't know what's what's like the scene that was just that made you go, like, <clears throat> you know, like just gave you like that 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 rush.
1: Oh, I don't know. I don't really have one. Like you mean like the 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 big "I am your father" moment? Like, yeah, yeah,
0: something something it, where you know something that like just kind of. I don't know. I don't. <laughs> <laughs>
1: No, I don't I don't really I think I think the the fireworks scene was pretty awesome. Yeah. They were in the, in the start in the mall. Yeah. I think the fight between Hopper and the terminator uh, guy yeah. in, in the house of mirrors was yeah. pretty cool.
0: That was my that's my home run season right in the and, right there. And then I
1: think the fight them having a fight again I, f- I like the progression of that because he clearly lost the first fight. Hopper lost the first fight mm-hmm. and he did a little better. He was, he was kind of sneaky in the second one. He used the stealth and he, and he, you know, unfortunately the guy had a bulletproof vest on. Mm-hmm. And then the last one, you could tell that he was past being intimidated by the, by the beating, the first beating he took. And he was yeah. just, he was just really tired of that guy. So he, it, it, you could see psychologically he was a completely different fighter in the in the last fight mm-hmm. than he was in the first one so I, I really enjoyed the progression of that the, the, and the, the struggle between those two characters yeah. I also like that hopper recognized him from the mayor's office because he's a cop I like when they throw little things like that yeah. in and cops notice things that other people just do not yeah so he, he recognized that guy right away yeah and so that led us to you know the, the you know having their part of the story kind of take off. So that was it was pretty solid writing.
0: Emma, what do you think? Home run moment.
2: I would definitely agree with the ones that you guys have mentioned. Um, I definitely loved those, and I I hate saying how much I enjoyed the the ballad we got with um, with Dustin and his girlfriend at the very end because you're sitting there <laughs> going, "Well, you maybe could have saved Hopper if you didn't force him to sing with you." Um, yeah. yeah. With with the timing there, but. I did really love that scene. And that's what I I love so much about this show is it yes, it takes us back and it plays on the nostalgia of what we loved from the 80s, but there are also, and you're dealing with this, this, you know, horrific thing, but there's these moments of like lightness throughout that reminds you that these are still kids and those moments blend really well into the story. And that was one of the ones where it was just kind of like, a reminder that you're dealing with these kids and it's kind of a sweet moment so that was another one that i really enjoyed
0: you know i i I thought about what you said while i was watching it also but then i i kept thinking to myself like susie probably doesn't really think he's saving the world you know (laughs) it's like oh yeah no and so you got <laughs> to forgive that. I mean, he's just like, it's the whole world depends on it. And I'm like, come on, so is he just getting the damn cut? <laughs> and it's like,
1: oh, well. I think, right. he to, I think that's the attitude you're supposed to have. It's supposed yeah. to be like attention. Yeah. Know, spike. Like, you're like, I can't believe you're going to do this right now. <laughs> I think one of the things that, that's really successful about the show is that they never have kids. They, Or their kids in this show never realize that they're kids. Mm-hmm. A lot of times, you know, you'll have adults and they'll write children and the children will have a, a breaking moment where I'm just a kid. I'm not supposed to know this stuff. And I'm not, kids do not, you know, kids are, kids uh, assess things, uh, you know, the supernatural or fantastic things way easier than adults do. Yeah. And one, of the, one of the greater dynamics in the, in the television show is that the adults are always three or four steps behind the kids. The kids are already, always like kind of on the case before Hopper and Joyce and the rest of the adults in Hawkins, the the, the oblivious adults in Hawkins, uh, e- even realize that there's a problem. And I think that's one of the winning dynamics of it is that the kids take this stuff deadly seriously because right. that's what kids would do. You know, kids yeah. always think that they're on some kind of grand adventure, and yep. they always think that they're saving the world, and they're you know their 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 goals are always way higher than the reality. Yep. You know, and and the only. The only difference in game uh, in in uh, Stranger Things, which I almost called call Game of Thrones, and I I, don't I,
0: know. I caught that, and I was going to make yeah. fun of you,
1: but, <laughs> uh, I, but I caught myself, so I, I beat you to it. Um, the only the only difference in Stranger Things is that the 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 circumstances are actually as fantastic as the kids think that there are, you know, and so um, I think that's one of the dynamics that actually works is that the kids take themselves deadly seriously the kids yeah. don't have a lot of comedic moments like right. they have moments between themselves that we find funny but we find them funny because we're adults and we're not right. kids Right. but the kids themselves don't take you know don't don't take joke breaks in order to they don't stop they don't cut the tension in half in order to make a joke and that's very that that's a that's a formula that is missing now and that Really was prevalent in the eighties, and it's and that's why one of the reasons it works. So the the Whedon esque, uh, you know, uh, format of you know break the the break the tension with a quip, you know we don't we don't see that happening here. The kids do not make joke breaks. They do not take you know they don't they don't take a minute off. They're they're on game, one hundred percent from the moment the the story has started, and that's another thing that uh, I uh, for me personally it makes the uh, the series exceptional. Uh, compared to a lot of other stuff that's on television right now.
0: You know, people tend to say, like, oh, it's 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 reveling in the 80s nostalgia. The the thing that I actually think they revel in... Yeah,
1: like the review you read. Uh, right, I mean,
0: ago. which I actually didn't think was applicable after I saw it. I was like, no, I, right. I, think, I think everything was, was done really well. And that would be me being right about the assessment how of that article. How Thank would you me. know if you're right? How would you know? We didn't see it
1: yet. But I said that I was probably over. You know, it was it was probably an overbearing uh, article, and that we have to see it. The whole point was we hadn't even seen it. The article was 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 uh, criticizing the show for too many '80s references. But it's a period piece. It's supposed to be. there's supposed to be '80s references.
0: You know what over. it actually captures from the '80s? It actually captures the spirit of every '80s movie. I think I watched when I was growing up, though. And you talk about those—the fact that like these kids are on this grand adventure and they know. You know, I mean that's that is my childhood is, is yeah. everything I was doing was a grand adventure. So, but the article said that everything was pandering oh, all the, yeah,
1: all yeah, the yeah. nostalgic things were pandering. It was ridiculous. It was a, and
0: there was some product placement in there when he, when he, you know, flashes like the Coca-Cola and he, and he's got the, yeah, the new Coke, Coke thing, you like know, that. but
1: I mean, that would, but yeah. that's, that's a cultural joke though. Right. Because new Coke was so poorly received, you know? So the yeah. fact yeah. that Lucas was enjoying it and, and they, they took a moment out of all that insanity to go are you are you serious now are you seriously drinking new coke yeah the
2: i don't i have to i have to say that season three product placement was probably the one thing that kind of annoyed me Mm. the most because they didn't you didn't recognize it in the other seasons even though i'm sure it was there to some degree but like it was a little over the top in season three like the coke placement um The, the, know, scene, the, the scene where
0: the scene where Hopper gets out of the car holding the Burger King bag, like specifically, the like
2: Burger King bag, yeah, logo, with, logo front and that's center. That's
1: too much. You guys are yeah. too critical.
0: No, that's but I, look, I, it look it didn't irk me. But I, I don't. Remember.
1: I don't understand what else. The, what, what else are they supposed to do but have products from the '80s in a in an '80s show?
0: That's yeah. Kinda, you know,
1: like to criticize them. I and I don't mean that you guys are criticizing. I'm saying just to criticize it for having items of the era in a story that takes place about uh, in that era. uh,
0: It's not necessarily having those things. Again, the new Coke thing was a joke and I get it. So I was cool with the new Coke thing, but I, the Burger King thing where he, he just like, here it is.
1: Maybe, maybe you're perceiving that, you know? Nah, I don't think I am. I think he, I think you just put it right up against. Yeah, it. I think you are. I and think you there. are because uh, you know why? Because it didn't jump out at me, and I'm the one
0: who's the proper judge of these. Things. You were sick last week. You said it. You were. You were, I'm still you sick, and sick. I have. A, I'm. I'm of sound mind. You were cleaning. The, you were. La- you were doing the laundry, and and clean. You weren't watching very carefully. Clearly. I'm going
2: to show you guys a photo that I have. Um uh, So I visited this. Is set it holding a Burger King wrapper?
0: Because that'd be awesome. <laughs>
2: <laughs> no, it's even more awesome. And completely had no idea that this Coke thing obviously was ever going to happen because this was 2016. Mm. Give me a second here to find it. It's really. Mm, 16. Now I want Burger King. That's unfortunate. Damn, <laughs> <laughs> so Oh, yeah. Okay. Uh huh. <laughs> uh huh. So that was me in the basement of the Stranger Things set, going through, and I was taking pictures
1: uh, with the different no. things
2: that they had. They had Sprite can, there was movie posters, um, and I was just going through and taking pictures of, like, all those little, little DVDs. Okay. Oh. The greatest moment of my career right here. <laughs> <laughs> me playing D&D with uh, Gaten and Finn um, because yeah, their the mom disappeared when we were interviewing them. But my oh. point being is that they had Coke on the set in season one and it was there because it was applicable to the time and it wasn't a five-minute fan. Mm-hmm. of... Right, but of 1985,
1: cream. New Coke was a big deal in 1985. New Coke was a seriously big gamble... Because they got rid of old Coke, and nobody appreciated it, and it was it it was a huge huge loss for Coca Cola. It almost bankrupted the company. So that was a big that was almost like scandal level. I, I remember going through that. I think that's when we got the Coca Cola Classic photo. After that,
0: I just think she was <laughs> waiting for an opportunity to show us that photo. I think that's really what it was. I For mean,
2: anybody, it kind of worked. It was it was funny when I saw it. I was like, "Oh my god!" I took pictures with Coke, like on the set in season one. I was like, "I feel like I should have gotten some sort of brand ambassadorship with that." Yeah, that
0: you should have gotten. That's that's a fail on your part. You should be. I, I wish yeah. <laughs> background yeah. of, your, of your thing, and there should be Coca-Cola posters all around. And uh, a big Coke machine. <laughs> well,
2: Coke never called, so that this to happen.
0: <laughs> we're, we're still trying for that, too. For anyone listening to us on iTunes or iHeartRadio or Google Play or any of those wonderful wonderful places, Spotify. Uh, wonderful. Uh, nice. Yeah, well, wonderful. It's wonderful. See, that's the Russian accent. In there. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can't actually see any of this stuff, but trust me, she had these cool photos. It was really great. All right. Last point of topic uh, before we go to break. He'll put
1: them up on the marquee, have her send them to you and put them up on the marquee while um, oh, we can do
0: that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. I can do that. Yep. Yeah. 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 the, the me. one character that I could have done without and I think it's kind of run its course is Will. I think Will has kind of like Will was originally like the focal point of season one in terms of like what everyone else was kind of chasing after. By now, he's just a giant spider sense. Like, that's his only purpose now is to be like, oh, gosh, there's there there the mind flayers here. We got to go. Um, His his arc to me was the one thing I was kind of like, we could do without Will and the show would not miss a beat. Right? Like, in my, yeah, mind, in
1: my mind. But he didn't slow the show down either.
0: No, thank God. Oh, man. So then why do we Those need to do it? Lot. What's that?
2: Lil's been, Lil's been through a lot, and he feels like an outcast, and like, I think that's kind of part of the that's story the, that's
0: being told. That's the
1: hysteria of today, where everybody wants everything to be leaner, and they, they're always looking for something that we can lose in order to make this whole thing, this, this experience smoother, and it's just, you know, it, it has no bearing in reality. There's no, re- he's, he's not, even, I wouldn't even get rid of Erica. I wouldn't get rid of any of those characters.
0: No, Erica was fantastic.
1: Yeah, but I didn't like her. But I still didn't want to get rid of her. I didn't. I did not think that she should be gone. I just found the character annoying. But I think that was a purpose of her character is that she could be annoying, you know. So like, wh- why would you be looking for things to remove from the equation to make this the 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 story better, even if especially if you already loved it?
0: Uh, Nonsense. I'm just sitting there saying his character was the one character that. To me, felt the most out of place. I get it; that's the, he feels out of place. Ha ha ha! There's the meta joke of it. Uh, but I feel like he's so why would been,
1: that be a meta joke? That's part of his story.
0: He's kind. Well, I, I feel like his story is is has kind of been reduced to the fact that he can just his only purpose is that he can find is that he knows when the mind flare is coming. Because otherwise, otherwise, they didn't really he didn't really add to this season as as much as I think he possibly could have. Um, I think everyone cared about Stephen Dustin, which rightfully so. I think everyone cared, even even you know Mike and Eleven and Max and Lucas. You know they had that they had a a, a great bond throughout. Um, but I'm watching it and I'm just thinking to myself, man, you know the buyers My kids, day kids day are kind of kind of backseat to this to this entire operation here. That's right.
1: You disagree? I don't I don't think... If they were in the way or if their storyline kind of straight and, you know, went into different... I'm not listening to you. their storyline went into a different direction to the point where it actually, you know, took the... Dragged and the story kind of slowed down, And yeah. I could kind of see that. But if they're kind of going with the flow like every other character and yeah. they're not sticking out, then that's just nitpicking at that point. I, I agree. We're, yeah, so stop it.
0: We're filling an hour-long talk show podcast. What do you want?
1: Yeah, but you're right. nitpicking.
0: When we come back Not only are we going to go spinning the racks But I want to know Rank them Your rank for all three seasons When we come back Hi everyone My name is Michael Dolce Creator of The Sire from Mike Books the Sire is about a superhero forced by his own costume to fight evil. It's like having a spider sense, but instead of warning him in danger, it actually puts him in danger. It was first launched back in 2006 through After Hours Press, and was met with tremendous success. Six issues and a trade paperback later, I thought The Sire's journey had reached a good stopping point. But a funny thing happened. As I continued working in comics, writing for Xenoscope, and co-creating Descendant for Image Comics, Fans would meet me at conventions and continually ask when the next issue was coming out. Apparently, The Sire was far from done. And that's why I'm proud to welcome you to this Kickstarter, celebrating the volume two trade paperback for The Sire. Collecting issues seven through ten, and featuring an amazing cover by Jim Calafuri of Aquaman fame, the trade is an exciting way for readers, both new and old, to get into the character. And this trade doesn't just collect old material. It's jam-packed with almost 15 pages of new material, including a brand new prologue featuring the return of fan-favorite artist Daniel Leister. Welcome back to Secrets of the Sire. Again, we do this every Wednesday at 8 p.m. Eastern on the Sire Studios Digital Network, but we are also brought to you by our beloved patron, uh, new fan, Tom Osa. Welcome aboard. We also have dedicated fans, R. Peterson, Craig Caruso, Matt Beyer, Omar Morales, Steve Hovecki, Brian Phillips, Stephanie Dolce, and as always, our Uber fan, Christina Dolce. Thank you all. If you'd like to support us on Patreon, go to patreon.com slash secrets of the Sire. We are joined by the awesomeness that is uh, Emma Loggins. The best part, Emma, is I don't even need to remember your uh, your last name because I made that awful joke in San Diego last year about how you are you were a web girl and a code girl, and your last name was Loggins, which was amazing. Uh, but you are a geek girl. You are an entrepreneur. You are a travel nerd. You are the Excite Creative CEO and founder. You're the Fanbolt and women's business daily editor. You're a film TV lover, a foodie, a designer. I got that all off your Instagram profile. Is there anything else I left out?
2: Uh, I think that's pretty, it. pretty much it. The only other thing I would add is mother of an adorable golden doodle dog. <laughs> mm,
0: very good. Where is your Instagram and where can people find you online?
2: Uh, it's at Emma Loggins on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and at Sambolt on those same sites. And of course, Sambolt.com. And that's, that's pretty much it. If you want to follow my dog, she also has her own Instagram account, Pauzzy so the Fan. <laughs> Instagram. <laughs> We'll get, your,
0: we'll get your dog and my dog to, uh, to, to share Instagram profiles. It'll be fantastic. I should start. I'll have to start I love with it. You. I'll start with <laughs> Rufus, the, uh, grouchy Corgi, uh, but that's not going to happen. All right. Before we get to spin the racks, I threw this out there on the, uh, the interwebs, uh, rank em time. I rank stranger things three as my favorite season followed by stranger things. The first one by the first season. And then stranger things two kind of brings up the rear of the pack. Emma, where's, what's your rank for the stranger things seasons?
2: uh definitely season one is my favorite followed by three followed by two for me season one was just so good and it mm-hmm. had been so long since we had seen something like that that mm-hmm. that, that season is always going to be iconic to me
0: Hassan, uh
1: season one but uh I don't, i'm i not ranking them basically because it's not over yet so
0: yeah I, I, never play along you don't play long. we're starting <laughs> because i think it's it's i think it's
1: I think, it, I think it hinders your ability to enjoy it when, you try, when you're constantly ranking things.
0: Yeah, but we're done. We're done with season three. It's over. If you have three seasons in front of you, which – so one – yeah, But I mean –
1: but what if you like the overall thing? What if you like stories? What if you like the continuation of things? Even if it's – even the slow moments. What if you like all that stuff? You know, if you if – you, if, well, you, not you in particular, but in general – if you just keep ranking moments by how exhilarating they are and then and, and discarding moments that are not as quick or as fast or as stimulating,
0: mm-hmm. then
1: you're, gonna, you're ultimately diminishing the entire experience as a whole. No, we're not. Yeah, you are.
0: No, we're not. Yeah, yeah.
1: Once again, Sorry. Sorry. The truth bad. hurts. Not as bad as jumping on a bicycle without a seat, but it does not <laughs>
0: <laughs> we do this every week. We go spinning the racks. Spin the rack. Spin the One. <laughs> Stranger Things Three Easter egg. You probably missed. And this is uh off of the Collider website. When Stranger Things burst onto the scenes about three years ago, it immediately became a mainstream hit and quickly became one of the most watched TV series in Netflix history. Impressively, the second and third seasons not only maintain that level of quality, but raise the bar even higher. Indeed, there's a growing consensus that the third season of Stranger Things could very well be the best of the bunch. <clears throat> that's, that's what I said. And having just finished binging the third season, I'm inclined to agree this is uh, author Young. Yeah, that's
1: part Ione. of that hysteria that I'm talking about, especially Collider. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Integral and entertaining side characters in season three is Murray Bowman, who, if you recall from season two, is a former investigative journalist turned private investigator. Part of Bowman's character is that he's very privacy minded, if not conspiratorial, which is why he was none too thrilled when Winona Ryder's character revealed his phone number to a third party at one point. Here's the cool part you can actually call the number and you'll be sent directly to Bowman's voicemail. It's a pretty darn cool and more engaging Easter eggs that we've seen in a while. If you want, try it yourself. Bowman's number is 618-625-8313. The message message for those too lazy to call is as follows. Hi, you've reached the residence of Murray Bowman. Mom, if this is you, please hang up and call me between the hours of 5 and 6 p.m. as previously discussed. Okay. If this is Joyce, Joyce, thank you for calling. I've been trying to reach you. I have an update. It's about... Well, it's probably best if we speak in person. It's not good or bad, but it's something. If this is anyone but my mother or Joyce, well, you think you're real clever getting my number, don't you? Well, here's some breaking news to you. You're not clever. You're not special. You're just simply one of the many, many nimwits to have called here and the closest you'll ever get to me in this pre-recorded message. So at the beep, do me a favor and hang up and never call here again. You are a parasite. Thank you and good day. Just revealed for everything. The
2: longest voice message ever.
0: Sandring, <laughs> <Fannery. laughs> I saved Sandring. <fannery. laughs> but wait, but wait, wait. If this is Joyce, I've been trying to reach you. I have an update. Could he be the American? Mm? Mm?
1: If he was the American, do you think he's calling from his cell?
0: No, no, no. That's his voice message. That's his voice message he left. He said, if Joyce, I've got an update. Conspiracy. Conspiracy. So he left
1: that message before he got captured by the Russians?
0: Yes that he was onto something getting captured by the Russians. I'm just saying, I'm just saying. You could be calling Joyce to tell her that
1: Hopper is alive and in
0: Russia. He could be doing that too, but it's just <laughs> so obvious. All right, Emma, you are going to be in San Diego comic-con. I'll be there as well too. Uh, <sighs> your 11th San Diego comic-con. Uh, give us an overview of what that's like for you. And what, if anybody was to go out to San Diego comic-con, they would experience when they go out to the show.
2: Well, I honestly I think it's changed a lot from what it was when I started going to it. Um I now honestly for me it's more about just the kind of overall geek culture, the cosplay, the convention floor, more so than the panels or the press rooms. I've had previous years when I've done like thirty five press rooms for different shows mm-hmm. and films. And this year I think we're doing five press rooms. Wow. <laughs> so it's it's also though, I mean, when with Disney and D twenty three them pulling out to some degree, yep. you know, Marvel pulling out to some degree. Um, it's just, and there's an event in the in the television world called TCA's Television Critics Association, which happens a couple of weeks after Comic-Con. Yep. Most big TV news is held to, until that event to, to be dropped. So it's just not, it's not the kind of press media draw that it used to be still awesome for fans still awesome to go for the culture and the people yeah. and and just you know meeting and and geeking out with like your people but um other than that it's it's just it's changed so so much um but it's still a blast it's just not not what it was back in the day uh, uh, over a decade ago which is yeah. crazy it's been long but but yeah this year um i'm i'm doing a big thing with walking dead on saturday they're getting together a bunch of fans to take this kind of horde um, picture where um, you'll either come in cosplay as a walker or come in um, dress up as, you know, themed walking dead stuff. And they're going to take a really big photo that you'll be able to zoom in and find yourself in, but it'll become a part of a season 10 limited edition poster. Cool. And I'm going to have the link up to this on my social media in the next couple of days. But if you go do it, you get a free t-shirt, you get to be a part of this picture and it's, you know, something cool to do 9am Saturday morning. If you didn't stay out drinking too late on Friday.
0: (laughs) Even if you did, even if you did, well, even Emma, did. <laughs> thank you so much for taking some time out and uh, enjoy San Diego. Uh, we'll try to I'll try to catch up with you as well too uh, over the next couple of days. Next week we're going to do our San Diego Comic Con reaction episode. We've got uh, Victoria Bennett, A.K.A. Bevan, is going to be joining us in studio live to give her recap as well too. So, see you then.